Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Last week, uh, we saw uh, David as he was in a time of distress and discouragement, how uh, through faith he was able to overcome many different obstacles uh, in that. And then this Sunday, uh, we're going to stop right here uh, with Samuel. Uh, Samuel, the prophet and judge. Uh, Samuel held a dual office with Israel uh, as he was not just a uh, judge within Israel, but also a prophet. And so I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles and go back to the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter uh, number 8 is where we're going to begin. So 1 Samuel chapter number 8, and we're going to begin with uh, Samuel kind of toward the end of his life. And he has gotten old, and he is not quite ready to uh, move on to glory. He's still going and still has a message from God, and still has much to do by the time we get to chapter number 8. But the Bible does tell us that when we come to chapter 8, that Samuel was old. And and that's pretty much what it says pretty directly there. Uh, Samuel was old. Uh, Now we know that uh, Samuel has not anointed David uh, to be king yet. He hasn't even anointed Saul to be king yet. Uh, by the time we get to chapter number 8. But uh, the scripture again says in verse number 1, we'll start there and we'll read down through verse number 9, where the scripture says, And it came to pass, again, here's that phrase, when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of the second was Abiah. And they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works they have done since the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice. Howbeit, yet protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. Samuel, listed in this hall of faith, learning, growing, 
in his faith. By the time we get to chapter 8, again, the scripture declares to us he's old. He's lived a little bit. He's got some life experience, if you will, within and under his belt. And he's served the Lord faithfully. He has walked with God. At this very first uh, mentioning of calling a king as he was displeased, his uh, reaction was not to scold them. His reaction was to talk to the Lord. Samuel, no doubt, was indeed a man of true faith. Now, in this, we will find that Samuel did not fully understand all that was to happen here. Samuel, actually, in reality, he didn't agree with what was about to happen here. You ever found yourself there? Where you don't necessarily agree with something? You don't necessarily like something, but yet it seems to be what God wants and what God desires? You see, we have choices to make, don't we? We can either have faith and go forward by what God has declared and said, or we can resist, get mad, and do our own thing. How often do we do that? Where we get mad and resist and do our own thing. It happens quite often. But for Samuel, I am convinced that one of the reasons he is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 and that he is mentioned in this great hall of faith is because at a time that he did not fully understand and even in a moment that he didn't even fully agree with, he chose to obey by faith. And I want to talk this morning on how you and I can obey in faith even when we don't fully understand or agree. And there's a way to do it, and I believe we uh, can find that in the life of Samson or Samuel, uh, not Samson, uh, but Samuel this morning. And so we're going to look at this uh, together and then uh, we'll be finished today. Let's pray together, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for, uh, again, as we have talked about for several weeks now, the wonderful gift of faith uh, that you have declared and given. Uh, to us that you allow to grow in us. And God, I pray that as we have uh, examined these examples that you have given to us, that it has uh, been a opportunity, an opportunity for us to uh, grow in our faith as a church, as individuals, as families. Uh, and Father, I pray this morning that it would not be any different because, uh, Father, we know that there are times that uh, we have to make a decision to follow you by faith that we don't fully understand. It may be a decision that uh, we don't even uh, like, but God, that we would learn how that we can obey even when we don't understand or even when we don't agree with the direction that is being chosen. And Father, I pray that you would help us to see this in the life of Samuel and the life of faith that he lived in obedience to you, that we might be the same, obedient to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And we're going to come back to 1 Samuel chapter 8 uh, here in just a few moments, but I want to uh, try to show 
the, through the life of Samuel here, how that he exemplified and put himself in a position that when it came time for this time that we just read about in 1 Samuel chapter 8, that he was able to put aside what he thought and do what God still said. We'll find and begin in 1 Samuel chapter number 3. And I want you to see uh, how Samuel developed these things uh, in his life and how you and I can uh, do the same. Uh, of course, if you are not familiar with uh, the life of Samuel, uh, you'll have to start back in chapter 1, but for sake of time this morning, uh, I'm just going to give you a brief overview to bring us up to uh, chapter number 3. But in chapter 1 and in chapter 2, we find uh, the, the, the woman Hannah uh, desired a baby. And she couldn't have children. She didn't have any children. And she cried and she begged uh, for God to give her a child. And she made a vow and a promise to God that if he were to give her a male child, that she would give him back to the Lord for the Lord to raise and do as he see fit with that child. And so, uh, again, for sake of time, that's exactly what happened. God gave her a son. She named him Samuel. Uh, she raised him to the point of, uh, that he could, uh, live and survive on his own without a mother. And she took him to the house of God to a man by the name of Eli. And Eli was there and, uh, spoke with his mother and he began to raise Samuel for the Lord. And he was given to the Lord. And by the time we get to chapter number 3, we see uh, Samuel is a child. And the Bible says in verse number 1 that the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Now what that meant was God spoke to uh, the judges and to the prophets during that time. But it says in verse number 2, And it came to pass that at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called thee not. Lay down again. And he went out, or he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose, went to Eli, and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called thee not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose, went to Eli, and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. Now stop there just for a moment. You can kind of picture uh, this scene here, especially if you're uh, you had in your home. Uh, nighttime, sometimes kids don't want to go to bed, do they? And so they'll sometimes think of any reason they can uh, to get out of bed. And, and I can picture this scenario here. Here's Samuel uh, as a child, and it's time, and, and he hears a voice, and he goes to Eli and says, you called me. And, and, and Eli's like, I didn't call you. Go, go to bed. Go lay back down. And so Samuel did, and he obeyed, and he went and laid down. But then the Lord called again. He called again. 
Samuel went and he said, yes, sir, you called me. And he says, I, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel obeyed and he went back to bed. A third time, the Bible describes God calling to Samuel, saying, Samuel, he goes to Eli, explaining that the only voice Samuel knew was Eli's. He didn't know the Lord yet. He hadn't heard from the Lord yet. God hadn't spoken to him before. And so he just assumed it was Eli. And so he comes this third time. And again, Eli, being a spiritual man, he stops. And we'll continue in verse number 8, as the Bible says, And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down. And it shall be, if he call thee, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak. For thy servant heareth. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. I want to stop there just for sake of time again. But here's Samuel. Three times he hears his name called, and three times he goes to Eli. He says, Eli, you called me. Three times Eli says, no, I didn't. Go back to bed. But on the third time, he tells Samuel, he's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to go lay back down. If you hear the voice again, I simply want you to respond, speak for thy servant here. So Samuel went, and he laid back down. Now, there's no way for us to fully know exactly how old Samuel is here. But the Bible does describe him as a child. I wouldn't try to put an age on uh, where the Scripture does not, uh, but he was not old enough to be a young man, and, but he was old enough not to be a baby any longer. But he was a child. My particular guess would be probably somewhere between 8 to 10 years old, likely. Uh, but again, not fully uh, knowing. I, I don't want to paint that picture in your head necessarily. But I do want you to focus in on the fact that Samuel is a child. But I also want you to notice that this right here in 1 Samuel chapter 3 is the first time that Samuel exhibits faith. The first time. As a child. Because he comes to Eli and he says, Eli, you called me. No, I didn't. You called me. No, I didn't. Go lay back down. You, you called me? No. It wasn't me, but it could have been the Lord. So I want you to go lay back down, and if you hear that voice again, I want you to speak, to say, speak for thy servant heareth. 
if we are going to be able to obey in faith when we don't fully understand, one of the ways, and I think one of the most important ways we can do that is to establish your faith as early as possible. Your faith must be established somewhere. You're going to have to have a, a record of faith in your life. Samuel started as a child. Somebody asked a question I heard recently. They said, when, when is the, the best time? When would be the best time to buy Apple stock or stock in Apple? Somebody said 1978. But guess what? It's not 1978 anymore, is it? So you may be sitting here and you, if I were to tell you, look, the best time for you to establish faith in God is when you're a child and you say, well, I didn't do that when I was a child. And the best time is today. The best time is today. Now listen, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the best time to do it, I would dare say, would be as a child so you can grow in that. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're 80 years old, today's the best day to do that. Today is the best day to establish your faith so that you can see God moving and working in your life. For Samuel, it was as a child, and, and I'm reminded of how Jesus spoke about that childlike faith. We see that here in Samuel, don't we? We also see, I think, a very obedient young boy. Every time Eli said, go lay back down, it's exactly what he did. And when, when Eli told Samuel, he said, Say, speak, for thy servant heareth. When the Lord called out to Samuel the fourth time and said, Samuel, Samuel. He didn't get up and run. He didn't get uh, weirded out in any particular way. No, he stopped and he did exactly what Eli said. And he said, speak, for thy servant heareth. And if you don't, if you have any uh, mixed emotions on whether or not uh, Samuel was a very special young man and a special boy, you can see simply in the message that God is giving to Samuel, he was something else. Did you see what God said the first thing to him? He said, Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Now hold on a second. He says, look. He says, Samuel, I'm telling you something. He said, I'm going to do something. And I'm going to do a thing that when everybody hears it, ooh, their ears are going to tingle. And then he tells him what it is. He says, and in that day I will perform it against Eli, all things which I have spoken concerning his house, when I begin... I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. 
Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me and of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what he seemeth good, what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of the words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, and the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. In chapter 4, the Bible says, And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines pitched in Aphek. And the Philistines put themselves in array and against Israel, and when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines, and they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. We'll stop there again for sake of time here, but what's taking place? God has a message. And I want to remind you here that He uses a child to deliver a very stern, hard message. Because Samuel had faith. You say, how did Samuel get into this hall of faith? Well, it started because he established God moving and working in his life when he was yet a boy. As a child, he established this. And by the time he grew, the Bible says he didn't let any of the words of the Lord fall to the ground. Even so much so that the people knew. God established him because he did. Imagine Eli coming in. Samuel, what did God tell you? And you know as a boy, Samuel's probably thinking, oh, please don't ask me. Please don't ask. I don't want to tell. And yet he asked. Samuel told you see the amazing reaction of Eli. He simply just says, let him do what he seemeth to him good. Do what seemeth him good. Knowing that God's going to do it. When we come into this battle, we see God bringing to pass, bringing judgment to Eli and his sons, taking them out. So where we find in chapter 4 in, the verse, in verse number 21, as Eli's grandson was born, the name of the child was called Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory is departed from Israel for the ark of God is taken. Listen, Samuel's going to grow old. And he's going to have to still have faith. But I will tell you, if you can, in your life, establish your faith 
as early as possible that allow you to make tough decisions down the line. We've seen this time and time again uh, for each one. We, we've learned that faith works from faith to what? To faith. It takes you from the first step of faith to the second step of faith and the third step of faith and the fourth step of faith. From faith to faith is the righteousness of God revealed, as the Bible says. And so the earlier you can establish your faith as possible, do so. We'll see that. I want you to jump, jump over to chapter 7. To chapter 7 here. Just before chapter 8. And we see the ark of the Lord being brought in again. In verse number 3, the Bible says, And Samuel spake unto the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods of Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve Him only. And He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the, Israel, or the children of Israel in Mizpah. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered unto Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel and the children of Israel heard it. They were afraid of the Philistines. The children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that He will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And Samuel was offering up the burnt offering. The Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called it the name of or called the name of it Ebenezer saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. How are you going to have faith and obey in faith when you don't fully understand? Number one, establish your faith as early as possible. Number two, engage your faith as often as you can. Engage your faith as often as you can. Of course, Samuel here, he's living in a day and time that, uh, again, I would say somewhat similar to ours in a time where you have those that are set up in, in religious power and those that have religious influence and uh, they're, they're not doing proper, they're not doing right. And we find that in Eli and his children as they were doing unthinkable things in the house of God. And God said, I'm going to judge that. And He did. 
And here we come to Israel and uh, they've gone away from God and they're serving Balaam and Ashtaroth. And uh, Samuel comes and by faith he says, look, if you will stop what you're doing, if you will repent and make God your God, he'll hear you. And that's exactly what the people did. And here by faith, he was trusting that Israel would hear. He was by faith and trusting that God would do what God had said. And that's exactly what happened. But then the Philistines came and the battle came. And battles always have a way of popping up and not the best of times, don't they? I mean, it's one thing if we have a, a battle come in and we were ready for it. We say, all right, let's go. But usually that's not how it works. And when the Philistines heard that they were uh, in mispun, they were being judged by Samuel, they said, this is a good time. And so they set themselves in array and set themselves up for battle. And Israel was afraid. And they said, uh, Samuel, would you cry for us to God? And would you not stop until this is over? That God might move? And Samuel said, I can do that. So he gets a sacrifice and he gives it wholly, the entire thing to the Lord. And he cries on behalf of the children of Israel. He's engaging his faith. God, do something. God, do what only you can do. And I love the language here, as the Bible says, but the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day, in verse number 10, upon the Philistines and discomforted them, or defeated them, if you will. And they were smitten before Israel. So much so that Israel's like, whoa. That just happened? You see, they, while they, again, had some faith, they didn't have full faith, they wanted Samuel to cry, they needed Samuel to cry, but it's like, oh, there it is. And there, Samuel puts the stone and calls it Ebenezer because... The saying, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. The Lord helped. And their faith was helped. Their faith was established. Their faith, Samuel's faith was engaged. I want to say number three, that we also have to evaluate our faith in times that we don't understand. Now, if you have established your faith, your faith is established as early as possible, and you've kept your faith engaged, going from faith to faith, then there may be a time where you have to evaluate or even examine your faith. To stop for a moment and say, okay, I've got to move forward here. But I'm not sure I'm not sure I want to. I'm not sure I should. I'm not sure it's the right thing to do. When you have already established God moving and working in your life all the way back over to here, it's going to be a little easier. And that's exactly what Samuel had done. And there are times when you do have to simply look back and say, okay, God did this, God did that, God did this, God did that. God did this, God did that, the day I got saved and trusted Him as my Savior. I hope that you have a good long record of God moving and working in your life. 
by faith. Because there may come a time that you have to examine it. And here is Samuel. He's old now. And it's interesting to me that a man that is now old, that was raised by Eli in the house of God, has two sons, just as Eli had. And Samuel decided, as he was old, that he would make his sons judges in Israel. He said, boys, come in. I'm going to make you a judge. And he put him in place, put him in power, but shockingly, honestly, to me, the Bible says, and his sons walked not in his ways. You see, there's two things that happen very often when things like this happen. Either you learn from someone else's mistakes. See, Samuel probably could have looked at Eli and said, you know, I don't want to do it that way. I'm going to try to do it differently. But obviously, Samuel followed in the steps of Eli to the point that he didn't really have good boys. Because they didn't walk in his ways. And the Bible says, but they turned aside after lucre, took bribes and perverted judgment. And you can see and understand Israel's objection here. I, I can. They say, look, Samuel, you know, look, we love you and we know you're of God, but, but your sons, we've got issues. And so, Samuel, uh, we don't want them to judge anymore because they're not honest, they're not right, and they're perverting the judgment. So, Samuel, we want you to anoint us a king. Give us a king so that we can be like all the other nations. That the king may judge us. And Samuel says, I don't think so. I don't think so. And it does say it displeased Samuel. And you can see where Samuel takes this kind of personal. It is his sons. It was his appointment of his sons that are the reason the people are asking for a king. But again, rather than correcting the people and rather than simply going to the people, Samuel stopped. And he says, okay, Lord, here's the deal. And God said something that Samuel didn't see coming. God said, Samuel, number one, don't take it personal. Because they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. So don't take it personal, because it's not you. So, he said, but I want you to hearken to them. Basically saying, give him a king. But Samuel, just for your own sake, for your own sake, I suppose, would be, but I want you to give them a message and let them know exactly what they're getting into. Let them know what they're getting when they call a king. He says, but do it solemnly. Don't, don't be proud or boastful or any such thing. 
And so he says in verse number 9, Howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. So Samuel goes in verse 10, told all the people, told all the words unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you, and he will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties and will set them to ear his ground, to reap his harvest, to make his instruments of war and instruments of chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries, to be cooks, to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your oliveyards even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards, and give them to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to work. And he will take the tenth of your sheep, and ye shall be his servants. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen, you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. And the Bible says, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said, or, and Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man unto his sin. In chapter 9, we find Saul being chosen in all of this. But God said to Samuel, Samuel, it's not your business. It's not yours to worry about. It's not you they're rejecting, it's me. But Samuel, what I want you to do is go and remind the people what they're going to get when they get a king. And he told them. He's like, look, you understand? You set up a king, and he's going to take stuff from you. He's going to tax you. He's going to take a tenth of everything you own, and he's going to use it for himself. Is that what you want? And they said, it's what we want. It's what we want. Samuel went back and said, It's what they want, Lord. What are we going to do? And God said, Give them what they want. Just give them what they want. Samuel said, Okay. Now understand something. Israel's rejecting God here. 
They're not saying to Samuel, we don't like your sons and all of that, even though they didn't like his sons. At the end of the day, they were rejecting God and God knew it and God said it. And that bothered Samuel. As well he should have been. But God said, Samuel, it's not your business. What was Samuel's business? Samuel's business was to obey the Lord. I want to remind you this morning that God does not need you nor I to fight His battles. God does not need you nor I to make His decisions. He can fight them and He can make them as He sees fit. What He needs us to do, what He desires us to do, is to obey. He said, well, I don't agree. You don't have to agree. But you do have to obey. Lord, what do you want me to do here? This is everything I said. This is everything they said. Give them what they want. Really? Yes, really. I don't know about you, but as I read this, it's a little confusing. God could have done anything He wanted. He could have said these stiff-necked, rebellious people. He could have had them all wiped out by the Philistines. But God said, give what they want. I mean, tell, I tell you, it's confusing. But the Bible does say, who can know the mind of the Lord? Who can know the mind of the Lord? What He chooses? He said, but I don't like it. You don't have to like it. You simply must obey it. By faith. That is what faith is. Faith, again, remember, it's about the next step. I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know where it's going to lead me. But I know if I'm going in obedience to God, it's the right place to be. It's the right place to be if it's where God is leading and it's where He led Samuel. And so Samuel said, let's go. Let's go. But how was he able to do that? Well, it started because he established his faith a long time before that. Imagine if this was the first time Samuel had spoken to the Lord and the Lord had spoken to Samuel. You think Samuel would have obeyed? I'm going to say probably not. Just knowing the nature of men. Knowing my own nature. I don't agree with it. Yeah, I'm not doing that. But he established it early and he engaged it often to where when it came time to by faith obey, Samuel was able to obey. Friends, I have no idea where you're at this morning, but I'm certain that there are times where you're going to have to examine your faith. And there are times when you're going to have to move forward by faith, even when you don't understand. You may not even agree. But I can tell you this, any time that I don't agree with God, He's never been the one wrong. 
Amen? He's never been the one that's wrong. It's always been me. You say, you've disagreed with God before? Well, of course. And so have you. And we've been wrong each and every time. You see, God knows exactly what He's doing in our life and in the lives of His servants. And sometimes we just have to realize and understand it's not our business. It's His. It's His. Give it to Him. And move forward. Simply obey. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.